go ahead and open up your ears, your mind, and whatever else you need. You're listening to Talk Dirty to Me. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode two of Talk Dirty to Me. Uh, we have Tosin. Hello. Stephanie. Sarah Marie. Wow, did you nearly forget my name? No, I was pausing because I thought Stephanie was going to say something. (laughs) And me, Casey. Um, So this is Talk Dirty to Me, the podcast where normal people talk kink. Not like other kinky people aren't normal. Are we? No. (laughs) (laughs) I promise everybody I'll have a better intro next week. Uh, So this is what's going to happen. We're going to start this show doing messy mouths where we address anything from last week we want to update or correct ourselves on. And then we're going to move on to um, our own personal updates and our kink journey and thoughts about that. Um, I know that Tosin had a lovely rope event he went to. We'll check in with Stephanie and myself and Sarah Marie. And then uh, Stephanie has some fun updates on, or some fun updates, some sex in the city info that I think would be fun to talk about. And Tosin, we want to hear about your, your rope adventure. And then we're going to talk about consent. I just repeated myself saying that we're going to talk about Tosin's rope stuff twice. I'm really cool. excited it's doubly about important. It. Great. And then the, the, the main event of this episode today is, is consent. It's one of, I'm sure, many consent episodes we're going to have. The sexiest of all episodes. So, messy mouth. You know, sometimes when you, like, try to put too much stuff in your mouth at once, then it kind of starts drooling everywhere, and you can't do anything about it, and you're really not sure if you're supposed to do anything about it, but you kind of want to, but maybe you don't. Well, our mouths sometimes get really messy because there's, like, too much stuff in it. So we're gonna like talk about last week's disgusting accidents. Does anybody have a messy mouth from last week they'd like to address? I feel like I was hard on church. I hate it, don't get me wrong. (laughs) But I feel as though I like I wouldn't want someone to not talk to me that went to church, like that I couldn't hear their stories because I know that there are good churches out there. There you go. My favorite thing about what you just said is, I feel like I was hard on church. I hate it. <laughs> well, I still want my stance, okay. personal stance on it, but, uh, you know, I think that's a lot of trauma talking, so try to be careful yeah. not to be dramatic or too absolute. That's fair. I think, you know, and that's like um, a good thing to notice, especially on that topic, because I think a lot of people share those same sentiments, you know? Yeah. Agreed. That's mine. Yeah. I don't think I I have any messy mouth. I don't, I don't have any, I don't think. (laughs) Other than Casey disagrees with the fact that I'm a popsicle biter, not a popsicle licker. (gasps) Oh, ouch. Yeah, I can't watch that. Violent. (laughs) My teeth would be like, (laughs) Bleeding. <laughs> that is. Both her and her husband bite popsicles. <laughs> and I was like, 
Brian, what are you doing? He's like eating the popsicle. I was like, you're supposed to lick it. And then he awkwardly was like, how do you lick a popsicle? And I showed him, which is the most awkward thing ever to do. Like, how do you suck on a popsicle? And then you show them and he was like, mm, that's weird. Yeah, it's like a superpower. Cause like if my teeth, these two touch, like even saying it out loud, oh, ice. Yeah. I'm the, I'm Anyways, the I'm gonna bring it back. I'm gonna bring it back. Um, real quick, Tosin, are you hearing all these notifications that are coming in on my computer? Nope, not at all. Okay, great. Because it is obnoxious as fuck. All right. Uh, <laughs> so no more messy mouths. Uh, my my messy mouth is the oh, same as one. Stephanie's. I, I wanted to make clear that I do not like the institution of church. I don't. I actually really do enjoy church people sometimes. I was like, like, it's not that you going to church is not the thing that will decide whether I do or don't like you. There are people who go to church who are wonderful and people who go to church who are terrible. But I think generally the institution of church um, has problems that I, we full-throatedly talked about. <laughs> yeah, and everybody's church experience is in my church experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Fabulous. Do you have any messy mouths? No, just my popsicle thing. Um, I don't have a messy mouth either. Either I'm getting you over COVID, so I get to eat popsicles on camera. Yeah, no, that's fine. It's on brand to eat a popsicle on camera for a King podcast. I'm gonna. I want to be the Brad Pitt of this podcast, where I just eat things. Is that okay? Yes, please. Thank you. Nom nom. That's amazing. Uh, okay, so. Um, Personal updates. I'll start. I'll start. I don't have too much to report other than I was supposed to see my slave and he canceled on me again. What number of cancellations is this? It's the second. Second. Okay. It's the second. What happened after and, you texted him after the last podcast? Uh we I texted him and I was aggressive about rescheduling. And when I say aggressive, I just mean I was like I made it happen. And then, so he has a job where his schedules, which changes every two weeks. And what's funny is we were scheduling and I was like, I don't talk to him that much or know his life very well. And I was like, I feel like our meeting is right when your schedule is going to flip flop. But I didn't say anything because I'm not in charge of his calendar. And then, you know, a week later, he told me that he couldn't do it because his schedule was like from the afternoon to nighttime. And I was like, okay, it doesn't matter anything. I was just like, well, this, I'm, I only do this, I only do this twice. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but he then did actually just yesterday, he was like, when are we rescheduling? When can we reschedule? So we'll, so because he brought it up, I will reschedule with him and hopefully have like a more exciting report later. I think I should also probably, maybe you guys can help me in this. I, I feel like I should probably also, get on um fat life which i i am but i also think it's so stupid because last time i was on there all it is everybody's profile picture is a penis which doesn't make any sense to me like <laughs> are they that are they that proud like why do I mean, you think they listen some of them are impressive <laughs> but do you see a big penis as a profile picture and go i want to get to know that person you're asking the wrong person yes so yeah, I that's do. a yes <laughs> Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like men, by and large, really do want to send pictures of their penis out. Like it's, 
it's in their heart and they want to do it so much so that they're in a space where they can where they can do that they post that instead of their face it's crazy it's because it's because the every growing up there's there's this lore and myth that floats around in in the boy sphere they heard one pray tell gentleman sent a picture of thine self and thine mistresses and dames and ladies came and flocking from just the simple showing of the photo but you must persist and then and the and the flocking and the and the, and the loving and the attention will occur but it's a lie it's not true gentlemen yeah, but they don't send dying. your penises anywhere ever don't Just use don't it as do your it. profile picture for anything yeah unless it's for tosin then do <laughs> no, it this is the other thing gentlemen if you're if your thing is if you want like dudes or not dudes if you want attention to your penis at no effort and with extreme enthusiasm, I strongly suggest be a little gay. Give it a shot. Because it's just <laughs> like it, me included. I will I will blow somebody to the top of the, of the drop of a hat. I'm just like, you? Come on. Yeah, I got it. I'm bored. Um, <laughs> I got and, you. I got I think, you. Which I think is what they're hoping will occur like with other people. And I'm just like, you're missing out a whole demographic of people who are just just waiting. Just being like, someone please toss me. Anyway, that's a, a different penis. day. Toss me a penis. I'm going to say something about that, but I'm going to finish up my first thing first. Is saying that I think I need to get on FetLife and like advertise myself as be, being worshipable and find other others, which is uncomfortable because I don't want to feel the weird messages. And I don't want to have sexual interactions. I just want to have doming interactions. So... That's totally a thing. I mean, like, I don't have sexual interactions at all. And I'm like, people will literally be like, what constitutes sex? And I'm like, sex. <laughs> and they're like, well, like, P and V or all the other things. I'm like, sex. It's sex. I don't want you to touch me unless you're doing it in a disciplinarian way. Like, please help me help you to understand that. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, I think you could absolutely get on there and put that I think the BDSM community in particular is one who I don't really ever think sex is the draw. It's not the number one thing. It's the domination or the submission. And so I think you would be able to find plenty of people. And then I, I wanted to touch on too, you're yeah. going to cancel twice. Mm -hmm. I think in the, this world that does happen because at the end of the day, I think headspace is a big deal timing is a big deal. So I mean, I've recently played with someone who we started chatting like three months ago and it's just like, we've just missed each other. And it wasn't until recently that it was able to work out, but it wasn't anybody like not wanting to do it or commit to it. I think that just, that's been my experience anyways, is sometimes stuff easily falls through. I think it was genuinely his work schedule. He wasn't copying out. Yeah, yeah no, for sure, for sure, for sure. Stephanie, um, do you only want to be spanked by men? No, actually, I prefer women. Huh. That is a more difficult, that has been more difficult for me to find. But no, it's, uh, I don't have a preference other than if we chat and we can tell that we have the same, like, ideas of what we want, you know. Um, but I, there's some, oddly, there's a comfort thing for me about females. No, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay, hold on. Quick, 
quick question. So my task for next podcast is I'm going to have found, I'm going to find, I'm going to unearth, unearth my FetLife page that existed for a moment. I'm going to probably delete that one and create <laughs> a different one. And I'm going to get it all set up. Love I'll it. let us I'll let us look at it and then we'll see what happens. Uh what's a reasonable price? Anybody know? For what? There's so many things. Yeah. One, well, you can charge people way. to message you. I know <laughs> a lot of a lot of pro doms do that all the time. Like their fet life says, if you want to message me, send me five dollars on Cash App. Right? That weaves out a bunch of bull BS. Um two, you can make someone screen for you. You can just be like, I'm a you can literally be like message this that life profile if you want to talk to me you can make it me and be like and then he if if he approves then i'll message you and so i can screen all your messages and then be oh like my God, these five... have you screen my messages. absolutely totally down Listen, this is happening i'm so excited yeah and then I'm we can weed out all of the the non-sensory though they'll, they'll still probably be like they, they might bait and switch it and be like hello i'm a nice gentleman and then you'll message them and they'll be like dick but <laughs> <laughs> we hope they don't. Yeah. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> really got to get it in there. Fabulous. Okay. Well, we know my task and Simon, what's going to happen. So there is a... and, and hopefully I'll have an update because I will have seen Slave. Oh, good. Well, there's a professional woman here in Austin who is a professional disciplinarian. And I, when I first started, I thought about reaching out to her because I was like, okay, well, it's a profession. It's a transactional, like here's money. I know she's not going to cross the line. Like it just felt safe. And so we emailed and she had this incredible questionnaire and then she emailed her prices and it's $300 an hour. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to risk my life. <laughs> You're just going to what? You're just going to what? Just risk my life. <laughs> I can afford to risk my life only <laughs> like with strangers on the internet. <laughs> oh. oh, so did you, you didn't do it? No, no, dollars an hour. No, she must be very good. <laughs> yes, she is very good. I'm purred. Amazing. Wow. Oh, okay. Um, I want to go back to the penis conversation real quick before we get other updates since we were on it and say that I found since you were saying about if you want penis attention, I have found recently that all well-grounded, emotionally stable, even slightly enlightened, non-threatened men who come off as heterosexual are actually like comfortably a little gay. All the yeah. awesome ones are not threatened yep. by other penises and are like, you got a penis? Great. I don't yep. care. I'll stick it in my mouth. And they're totally masculine and straight, but not afraid of penises. It's a whole, it's a thing and it's so great. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Back, how, what? How? What? Where did I, where did I get off track on this? All of a sudden we're talking about what? Why are you confused? What? How did this co topic of conversation come up with your heteronormative men friend? Because, <laughs> uh, because I have these conversations with people. I had a conversation with one friend that I hadn't chatted with in a long time. And um, he has recently opened up his relationship with his wife um, and in a very healthy way. And I was asking him about his experience and he was like, you know, I realized that I'm totally down with this 
threesome with two dudes. Like I'm not a fr- like I'll make out with a guy. Totally fine with that. And then another guy I was talking to, uh, again, an old friend that I hadn't seen in a long time, we were catching up and he was all of a sudden coming off to me as like really grounded. And oh, he, had, he told me he was like now polyamorous. Um, and I was like, oh, good for you. And we were talking about that. And then he had said something that kind of ding, made, like, made a bell ring in my head. And so I asked him later, I was like, where are you on the Kinsey scale? Um, and he was like, what is that? <laughs> And I, I explained it to him. I showed him my results and he was like, oh, no, I definitely, I can't remember. Oh, pansexual, pansexual, he said. And it wouldn't, I wouldn't have known if I hadn't have asked. Um, he didn't used to be that way. And I just all of a sudden was like, most really awesome, grounded, competent men aren't afraid of other penises. I just, I was, I was trying to figure out where that most men I, I, because in my, in my mind, I just imagined Casey's like softball getting to know you questionnaire involved. Like. <laughs> Do you like? <laughs> yeah. I just want to know. Not unreasonable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Stephanie, do you have any personal journey updates? Did you have a play session recently? Did have a play session recently. Um, I had a play session and it went well. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what kind of details uh, anyone what, what constitutes going well? Like, I mean, it was a, 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 no one was disappointed. Like, I mean, like I've had somewhere I'm like, oh, never again with this person. I did, I had a very good experience. And then I also wrote with one of my play partners as well. We got together, we've been writing now for, about four months and we've gotten, we've finished our pilot and outlined eight more episodes. And so that was really exciting. And then we are all going this weekend, eight of us in the community to a ranch in Somerville, Texas to just have like a weekend getaway. Amazing. You write with your play partner? Mm-hmm. He's a writer. He's written 22 novels and, um, I've always wanted to write a script, and so we're writing a script that's um, based on true stories. Casey, did a book just bite you? A book? Uh huh. No, if you know like, my when? my sign was blinking, and I turned it off because uh, that's a bad sign. And I checked the power supply, and it is hot as fuck. That's what happened. <laughs> oh, yay! So there was some sort of electronic malfunction. <laughs> and my sign no 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 will no longer turn on oh no oh, no. and it's new this backlit led frame is new and they sent me a garbage ouch a garbage power supply we're touching yeah. them book it's dangerous <laughs> I'm re- you're a national treasure <laughs> <laughs> uh tosin tell us about your robe event yeah. Yes. This is yeah, a I'm POC a... rope event, right? This is a POC rope event. So there's uh, the way that I got started with rope is Austin Rope Slingers. And one of the leaders of Austin Rope Slingers has this event every month called Reclamation Rope, which happens like the last Sundays of every month in this rope space that is owned by uh, two POC non men. And it. I'm sorry. I, I didn't women <laughs> uh, i think i am not a hundred percent sure 
if I believe one of them can, is non-binary, um, so yeah, like chose non-men, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I need to double check. Um, and so I just wanted to say non-men to be inclusive in case it wasn't a case. That's um, fair. And the but yeah, and so they own the space. They own the space together, and um, I had not realized a bunch of things that I had been like auto doing because I'm usually tying people up in with a group of a lot of white people. Um, so the two examples that stand out the most was um, I almost every time I go to a rope lab, I take the 101 course and I have not needed to take the 101 course since the second time I went. And, but I, I'm doing it because subconsciously I am like, I want to make sure that everyone sees me doing the due diligence to learn this. And because I'm, since there's a safety concern involved and like it's, it's subconsciously programmed to me that like, I need to be twice as safe and I have to be twice as like everything else because if my mistakes will ring louder in a, in a large group of white people. Um, and so I'm because you're black. Yes. Is that what you're and, saying? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and okay, of course that doesn't necessarily mean those people think that it's like, that has been it, plenty of my experience of like growing up as a person of color is that mistakes are more dangerous for me than, than not like, or, and misunderstandings. So, you know, I can have a misunderstanding and a, I, plenty of stories about that and we can do that another time. But I've, I've had plenty of times where a misunderstanding has ended up with cops <laughs> that, and it was nothing oh, no. was occurring. Um, yeah and but you know and you you grow up with enough of those you you start to like adjust yourself to be like okay i have to be really good everything that i have to everything that i do has to be like at a a very high level and if i'm learning something in front of people my mistakes have to be anyway it's just it's just a bunch of things that keep me from experimenting right because i want to make sure that if anybody sees me do something it looks like I do it really well. Like I need their response to be like, oh, I'm impressed that you're doing this as well as you are for as long as you're doing it, rather than the, I can tell you're still learning this, right? And so I'm, I'm trying to clock in at that level. So I'm taking, so I've been constantly taking the one-on-one and I didn't do it this time when I was in the, the EOC rope group. And they were teaching, one thing that I've really wanted to like think about is like, you've learned all of these things, things that you can learn on your own, now, how do you apply that and make that your own rope style and your own rope thing? And I'm like, yeah, I've never been able to do this because I've been forcing myself to do things that I know are correct. Um, and so they were like, okay, so here's what we're gonna do. They took two, they took two women of the course, one of the, the one, one teacher and another person, they put them up against a pole and they, they were like, okay, as bottoms, we're gonna pose ourselves. And then the other three people who were with me um, were like, you are all gonna do like rope telephone. So I'm going to tie a length of rope around the two of you. And then the next person's going to attach their rope and tie a length. And then everybody did that for two lengths of rope. And it was cool. And I found myself like kind of stuck at something. Like I was like, oh, I need to, I need to lock off this tension and I need to do a turn around here. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I could feel myself starting to get like really stressed about it because I was like, I'm, I'm like, oh no, I'm failing. And there's four people watching me and two of the people are tied up. And, and and so I was like, but then I was like, the instructor could tell I was getting stressed out. And she's like, you're fine. Take your time. Everybody's good. We'll communicate if we need to get out. And 
I was like, ah, why did I get so stressed about that? Especially because I'm a teacher of people to do new things, right? And I'm, a, and I'm a person who has learned a lot of crafts. I know you have to make mistakes to get that way. But I, and I realized that I was like, oh, no, I'm, a, I'm really nervous about this, especially in, the, in kink spaces surrounding bondage, right? Because, you know, that has its own, that has its own like generational thing in general. Um, but it's, it's, it's tough walking into a space being like, I'm a, I'm a big black guy who's now about to capture you. And, you know, I'm, of course I'm getting permission for all those things, but you know, walking in those lines was, has been, has been slowing me down and being able to go to this and talk to about it, talk about it with other people of color was like really great. It was like, it was super cool. And the rope picture that we made with the two of them was awesome. It was something I would never do because if I was tying by myself, I wouldn't find myself in that way, doing it in that way. Um, and then after that, we ended up getting to do this really cool thing where they were like, we're gonna teach diamonds, which is like a type of like harness that's put on somebody that's like considered, this is what makes you a good rope person. Like you have to be able to tie this one pattern on people. Um, so the instructor was like, we'll show you how to do it. So you have the decode. And there was a woman who was tying her partner and the woman who was tying her partner is a switch. And they were like, they were asking who wants to tie who. And they were like, well, I'm willing to be tied while tying my partner at the same time. And everybody was like, that sounds fun. And I'm like, I'm down, let's do it. <laughs> so I was tying a woman who was tying her partner at the same time. And it They're was- <laughs> exactly it was it was a rope three-way it was fantastic and and also presented interesting challenges because i had to stop tying in places where i normally would continue fluidly so that she could finish what she was doing um and it was cool and it looked good and you know it was fun to do and i left feeling fulfilled and wonderful and magnificent they also did like a sound bath and some sound meditation healing that was really awesome Amazing. Are they going to have more of these events? Oh, yeah. Once a month I have them, and I'm going to probably go to them. I wish, I wish you could show us pictures of your work, you know, like how you like do a good job in class, and then you put it on the grid. <laughs> um, I have a picture of that one, but I didn't get to talk to them before they left mm -hmm. um, about who I could show it to, so I can't show it. But do, you, do you specifically talk about... Um, because it's a POC rope course, do you talk, do you talk about um, like the impact of being in predominantly white spaces or is it just like we're, we're a group of like-minded individuals who collectively work in this niche? Does that make sense? Yes, <clears throat> both happen. Um, so yeah. they, they, have, they have like virtual like round tables and talks where you're like where people can zoom in and stuff and we, they just talk about those different things. Um, because it was just, it was really good for me just to externalize that. Yeah. And then now I feel more comfortable if next time I go like to the regular rope lab that ends up being mostly white people. And to be clear, any white people who are freaking out right now, relax. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's just Sarah Marie. It's just Sarah Marie freaking out. <laughs> no, no, oh. it's all of that unconscious, biased and unconscious racism that we collectively like carry around and externalizing it. You're like, oh shit, this is a thing. Yeah, I and, it, and it makes me more comfortable to like, I, it, it's good for me to recognize ways that I'm gatekeeping myself 
for reasons that are not necessary. Because the people who are there, the, the specific humans at Austin Rope Lab are not going to like aggress me in that way. Right. Sure. And like not, uh, and even if it, even if it is a mistake or something small, it's not like not on purpose. They're, I, they are not worried. And they're actually very conscious about this in general. Um, so I, I'm gatekeeping myself for unnecessary reasons, very particularly in that particular space, which is, was good for me to externalize because now I'll be able to be like, I feel like more being like, oh, I want to go to more rope events. I said yes to more rope events than I normally do. I'm, I'm happy to go into certain places and asking for what I need. Like physically, because I'm a big guy and doing some floor stuff is hard. And so I'm like, I need a chair <laughs> to do this and this whole mat in this corner. Um, so yeah, that's really great. But yeah, they definitely talk about it and everything. Um, I also got to see Mama this week. It was glorious. You got to do what this week? Who is Mona? <laughs> uh, Mama, sorry. It's one of, one, of, one of my play partners. Um, nice. And the the... Have I told, have I told, talked about it on the podcast, the person that no, I No, you haven't mentioned Mama. Oh, okay. So I have a, uh, one of my newer partners that is uh, one of the core parts of our like sexual relationship is me eating them out for a really long time, like a therapeutic amount. Um, and so there, it's been generally being around, like averaging out in about an hour. And the last time we like made it, we were really intentional about picking the playlist that we listened to. Wait, what did me I miss? Me too, Stephanie. Me too. <laughs> she went like this. Oh, Who did yeah. I didn't get the girl gene to like that. So, like, anyone that an hour, I'm so impressed. I'm really, like, in awe. Same, right? It's I don't meet a lot of people who, most people have tapped out way before I tap out. And so, for a lot of reasons. So, and it's really, it is super cathartic for me to do. And I usually need to get, like, past half an hour to get, like, to the really wonderful trance headspace for it. And so most people, but most people like tap out pretty earlier than that. Um, but we were really intentional about picking the playlist that we were going to play when we, when we did it. And uh, you know, one of the interesting things that came out of my head was like, I'm, you know, in, in action and I'm also listening to a song that's like really good and I'm inclined to like dance, but I have like things in the back of my head was like, that people are going to think that's weird <laughs> to do that. Which is funny to me because I don't think people should separate these things. Like, who who made the rule that we can't enjoy listening to music, move our bodies, and be eating someone out at the same time? Why can't we do all these things? You can, uh, you can, Tosin, you can. We can, Certainly. and we did. I am picturing it in my head. <laughs> yep, she gave. She was giving a lab dance to my face. We were dancing with our face and mouths and thighs at the same time, and it was productive and fantastic at the same time it's helpful and i was like if you have if you're if you're communicating a similar rhythm to each other via music you have the position and like mechanical things are much simpler you know you have a way of communicating what type of rhythm you would enjoy because you're Amazing. sharing I feel a tempo like you, should teach a, you should teach a workshop on this yeah i was in what was the song i can give you i can send the playlist it was it's a lot of songs it was like I was gonna say it was probably <laughs> over we danced, an hour. We danced to a whole, a whole big old playlist of it. And oh my gosh! Let's put your playlist on the Patreon. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I'll find it. I'll remind me to do it later. Uh, but it's a good one. It was. It was great. Awesome. But yeah, those are those are my updates. Lovely. 
Sarah Marie, do you have any updates uh, there? I do. I started reading uh, the Vampire Chronicles series again, and it's good. Why, why is it good? <laughs> you know what? It's I haven't read it for a very long time, and I don't know. It's I'm. I just finished reading the interview of the vampire, which I enjoyed, but I'm. I'm kind of questioning whether or not I'm going to enjoy the vampire list stat moving forward because because I, mm, how do I put this? I don't know if I'm going to find Lestat as likable as I found him when I was younger. And I don't know if it's where I'm at right now or if it's societally, but I'm kind of looking at it like a very rich, privileged blonde haired blue eyed dude who is breaking all of the rules in society and getting away with it and i don't know if you know like back in the day it was like uh, oh he's such a rule breaker he's such a rebel and now i'm like is he just very white and very privileged i don't know what this is saying or what this is reflecting back in me does that make sense at all a thousand percent a thousand percent even re-watching i don't mean to cut you off and go right back to you but watching sex in the city i can really relate because characters i found wildly attractive and things that mr big did to carry and certain things like that are like toxic to an extreme and everybody's been anti mr big for a moment but i mean even parts that i might have found sweet i'm like ew there <laughs> there was so much tragedy going on in the world when the show was out that they just never addressed in the show and so yeah it kind of makes you almost repulsed by characters you used to like find endearing yeah dude what love were you gonna say love actually is like that for me too oh like, love actually is when i first watched it i was like this is so romantic i love it everyone's so nice and sweet these are great love stories last time i watched next time i watched it i was like everybody here is terrible <laughs> Everything is wrong. Every woman is a prop. Yeah. I was like, I was like well, she didn't talk the whole... Anyway, no, we don't do it. But, anyway, yeah. so far, so good. But I, I, I preemptively started... Th th especially when you revisit things from your childhood that you just didn't... You just didn't know enough or learn enough yet. So... No, there's not enough sex yet. And I feel like Anne Rice is going to take like two or three books to get to some sexually explicit content. And I don't know if she even will. Especially Ma'am. What? Just need to, she, she probably was holding stuff in because I, I will give you a book of hers that is so much sex. I don't even know what to do with it. Oh, I know. Like Anne, Anne Rampling and the whole like Sleeping Beauty situation. I know all of it. Oh, okay, okay. Have you read the, those? I haven't read those because I hear that they're pretty rough and the, the BDSM and romance literature that I've read has been speaking of consent, like consensual. And even if it's degrading, it's degrading with clear consent lines. And I think that I don't think that from what I've heard, Anne, Anne Rampling doesn't do that. It's more hardcore. -er. It, it, it is certainly bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it's, I think it's when you read something like that, if I'm jumping into a brain like hers, I feel like she, the consensual non-consent is that it's a fantasy book and it's a fantasy world. So the people that are like wildly turned on by that are people who practice 
consensual non-consent. And so, again, I think she was writing for a specific pers- group of people and in everything that she did from her sure. with, to Christian writing. It's so I, bizarre. I think even then, though, in consensual non-consent, I still have to have the non-consenting consenting person be like, oh, thank goodness he was overstepping all of my boundaries to give me what I really wanted. I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Like, if you can't do that, then I can't, I can't hang. I had to use my safe word. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hilarious. That's me. Um, okay, so... Stephanie, can we talk about Sex in the City? Yes, we can. Yeah. Uh, so I re uh, I restarted Sex in the City based on an article that I was listening to or that I read that was talking about kink that is all peppered throughout Sex in the City. And there, I mean, of course, I remember it. I remember it being there. It's I'm in season two. It's every single episode so far. There's it, kink in I'm it. Like, how did I miss it? Now it's not storylines, so I don't think it's well done. Duh. Just like casually mentioned. Yes, and um, I even go as far as to say is it's also like. Um, hmm. Can you give an example? Well, okay. It, all of the times th- so far that the females have been dating someone that has a kink, like they have a whole episode called Freak Show. And so at the time, I think the writers and film people are probably like, we're nailing this is amazing because each time a guy looked like he was good and they went on a date with them, they would act ridiculous. And then they would play the carnival, the old carnival music, you know, like step right up, you know, and they would kind of talk about the gentleman or whatever. But it was several different people with a kink and it was just how they were freaks. And so I thought that was rough. And then there was a gentleman who Miranda met in kickboxing class and she like kicked him in the head. And she is kind of on her verge of like, she doesn't trust guys anymore. She's over guys, but this first date goes really well and she spends the night and he's like, up at 6 a.m. and he's like, stay in bed. I'm leaving on an early flight. I'm coming back tonight. Let's have dinner. And she's so excited. And so then it's Carrie's voiceover. And she's like, Miranda took that moment to go through his apartment and look for pictures of ex-girlfriends, which I'm like, first of all, on the first date, that is like illegal, right? (laughs) That's like going through. Oh, that's crazy. And so she's literally going through his drawers and like she pulls a drawer out and she's like, wait a second. And she moves a bunch of stuff and it's a porn VHS tape about spanking. And so she she steals it from his apartment, by the way. And she takes it back. She takes it over to Carrie's apartment. And she's like, watch this. And they're watching it. And she's like, she says the line, I mean, I really like him. But now that I've found this, I don't know that I want to see him anymore. Like she's just done repulsed, which listen, I can understand that's a, but it was, she outed him by like looking through it. She didn't give him the opportunity. It's after their first or second date. So it's not like, I don't know that you put deepest desires on your first or second date. Uh, Maybe you do, but, but certainly not in 1994. I think it was a lot 
less kosher then. So those, those have been my, there's several other examples. I feel like maybe each week I'll give a couple of examples that I saw, but yeah, I mean, it's not like it's like disappointing. I think they were doing the best that they could with what they had. Cause I know there were wild kind of restrictions with that HBO had on certain things because this show was already so outside of its box for how much it talked about sex, not to mention it was the females doing the talking of sex. <laughs> I know, I know. Call the church elders. We don't do that. <laughs> Someone get the Pope. <laughs> yeah. So that's been really interesting, but truly, I mean, it's every episode. If, it, if they're not at a BDSM restaurant, which I want to know if those exist. Tokyo Yes, says thumbs up. <laughs> here, not here. We don't have them. Uh, yeah, let's take a group trip there. Please. I mean, the only ones I know of are in Japan. But... Oh, of course they're in Japan. <laughs> freaks. But I'm down. Let's do it. Let's do it. Fuck yeah. Okay. Talk dirty to me. Company goals. Yeah. Japan for yeah. BDSM restaurant. Live podcast in Japan. I think that most men have a porn VHS in their drawer somewhere, and his just happened to be spanking. You know, it could have been any porn. That, and that was my first exact thought, is it's, it's that that was what repulsed her, is that it wasn't normal porn. It was a freak. It was someone who was into a woman spanking him. And, you know, I... I do remember that episode vividly because I remember pretty much everything I've ever seen on TV that had to do with spanking, but it, <laughs> this time I was like, oh, poor guy. And then on top of it, so then she decides to accept it, which I will give her props for that. But they're walking out of dinner and he says something funny like, oh, because how they met in kickboxing is she kicked him in the head. And she was like, I'm so sorry. Like, let me take you to dinner to fix it. And like, they kind of fell for each other. And so he's like, who knew that all this time, all I needed was a good kick in the head. And he was like, and here, I thought all you wanted was a good spanking. And she spanked him. And when I watched that, I was like, how oh my. mortifying that would be if you had not outed yourself. And then to, to just immediately where your brain would have gone, like, how did they know that? Like, where did they see that? Like, I would imagine that would have been pretty traumatizing. And she was thought he was a jerk because he never called again. And I was like, um, I feel like we didn't tell his story well. <laughs> so in the episode, he never called again? No, he was, I mean, he was mortified. She outed him, like, they're in public, you know? She oh. just like, spanked him in public. Like, those are definitely non-consent movements like stuff you don't do yeah that <laughs> sounds... makes me sad too because i mean like think about what what is societally acceptable porn is is the most toxic masculinity what were you gonna say tosin <laughs> no no i, I one i agree with you wholeheartedly uh it's funny to me that the thing that is repulsing is finding porn that is a woman spanking a man when normal porn is, you know, basically a, a run of the worst possible male-female sexual dynamic I could think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah, let's let's illustrate the worst way to do this. <laughs> um, and But, um, yeah, I, I was just going to say, like, 
it, especially in 1994, where I, I, I like to think of the 90s as like the time where like all of the all of the people who are what the world had called sexual deviants and all those things were starting we're 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 crossing this threshold of like okay i'm not gonna be able to turn this off right it's there but the world won't let me do it so i need to have a i gotta have a drawer i need a box where i hide this thing that's mine that lets me feel feel this full way and to like take somebody out of that take somebody out of that drawer especially when the consequences felt so high at the time that was that was ridiculous that would be ridiculous to do to someone because like everybody was really embarrassed about it. like because now it's like if someone found well one if someone found a vhs of porn in my house would be like what are we in a time warp is what are we doing but it's like that's what you should put your porn on vhs tapes because no one will be able to find out what's on there stop too soon don't worry we'll finish it off for you on next week's release see you then talk dirty to me is a podcast by little renegade films it stars sarah marie curry casey sammy e casey why don't you sound real sexy while you do it <laughs> do i no why don't you oh why don't yeah, i yeah like okay. you, you remember how you read your synopsis and yeah like... oh you want me to do it like that yes okay great <laughs> Okay. Genius. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Talk Dirty to Me is a podcast by Little Renegade Films. It stars Sarah Marie Curry, Casey Samee, Toast Alifesso, and Stephanie Slim. Mm. With silent contributions by Taylor Novak. Title and closing themes by Tosin Alifesso. Follow us on the social medias at Talk Dirty to Me Pod. And for more of our offerings, go to LittleRenegadeFilms.com. Ugh. <sighs>